Blog Talk Radio. It's 8 a.m. on the East Coast, the United States. We're broadcasting to you today from North Central West Virginia. Before we get into the Word of God, let's go to prayer. Precious Heavenly Father, once again, we come to lift you up that all men might be drawn into you. Anoint your Word today and use it for your glory. You said it won't come back void, but do what you sent it to do. But this is your voice and not ours. We ask you, Lord, to speak to the minds, hearts, and souls today. Lord, those that need fixed, which we all do, Lord, we ask you, Lord, that we just take your word in, apply it to our hearts and our minds, and know that it's quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. And you sent that word to heal us, do what needs to be done for your glory, that you might be lifted up, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. <clears throat> this is uh, Life in the Spirit, Part 7. Part 7, we're going to try to finish out today the book of Romans, Chapter 8, <clears throat> beginning around verse 18, we've been talking about living life in the Spirit, the importance of it, how we need to walk by the Spirit. The Spirit helps us to uh, uh, grasp our faith. The Spirit is touched, which we'll learn today, with our infirmities. The Spirit of God leads us and guides us in all of His truth and all of His righteousness. And the Spirit of God gives us power. The Spirit of God leads to truth. Which I just stated, uh, the Bible declares that knowledge of that truth will set us free. For all sin to come short of the glory of God, we spoke about this many times, that the power of sin on mankind, the power of sin that operates on the earth, there's only one answer for that sin, and that's the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and His shed blood and His finished work. So Paul begins to speak in verse 18 of Romans 8, <clears throat> pardon me, the future glory for the Christian, that uh, we live in a temporal place, that this life in which we live, the Bible declares it's, uh, it, it fades as a vapor. It's as a, uh, a fading leaf of grass here today and gone tomorrow. We're like a wave tossed in the ocean that we, in our body in which we live, our fleshly body, we are in a temporary situation, be as long as it will be. We don't know, but the Bible says that it's appointed unto man wants to die. And then the judgment, all of us are heading that way. Some die old and some die young. Some die middle-aged. But we all, we're all going to die one of these days. And our future depends on our relationship with Jesus Christ. 
It's not how much wealth we build. It's not even in our relationships with other uh, people. But it's who we know. And do we know Jesus Christ? Are all all of our sins under the blood? For the blood has power to take away sin. For what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Once again, he is the only way. He's the total answer for men and their problems and their situations and their circumstances. He's the total answer for governments, for nations, for businesses, for companies, for personal lives, for churches, for religious organizations. He's the answer. And without him being the center of our speaking and our teaching, then we're not the church. If Jesus Christ is not preached from the pulpits, then we're just a building. We're just a place together. So we are simply a social function. The Bible says in the wedding vows uh, that Christ is the head of, of his mystical church or the mystery whereby it's only revealed by the Spirit of God. And that mystery is grace, actually. It's, it's how can God pour out his grace on those who definitely do not deserve it. Now, I know we were all born into sin. And sin is our problem. But think about this today. If we got our justice, if we got what we deserved, the Bible said there's not one good. The Bible declares our righteousness is but filthy rags before the throne of God. This this alone should humble us. That God in his in his grace and mercy and, and vast knowledge, why would he even be mindful of us? Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, I know the thoughts I have towards you. Thoughts of good to prosper you, to give you an expected end. When you turn to me with all of your heart and all of your mind and all of your soul, one of the hardest things we do, and, and you know, I, I believe this, is 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 to let go of our rebel spirit, because all of us on on the inside, at times we're rebels, and the Bible says that rebellion is the spirit of witchcraft. Obedience is better than sacrifice. So our dilemma and our place and our problem is, once again, and people probably get tired of hearing it, is sin. And the answer for sin is Jesus Christ. So Paul talks about <clears throat> the future for the Christian. <clears throat> Pardon me. And he says in Romans 8, verse 18, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Now, this this is the blessed hope that as bad as it, it, it can get here, and it get a lot worse, I'm sure, then we have this hope. The Bible declares hope is an anchor for the soul. Hope is that which cannot be seen. If, if, if it could be seen, yet... The Bible says it's not hope. 
but it's hope of a better time, a better season. The Bible says Abraham was a sojourner. He lived in tents, moved constantly. He was a nomad. And the Bible declares that he was looking for a city whose foundation and builder and maker is God. My, my, my. Think about this today. We need to get our heads up and look above all the the the, the mire and, and, and all the, the, the pressure of this of this current age. And the Bible says this age that men are going to wax worse and worse. That as much as men strive towards peace and they want to have peace conferences, the Bible said they will cry, peace, peace, but sudden destruction. Jesus said, in this life you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome this world. So the hope of a Christian, the hope of those that are blood-bought, who belong not to the world, but belong to God Almighty, belong to his Son, Jesus Christ, who have been bought with a price, who are sealed under the day of our redemption. By no means, he said, will anything or anybody pluck you out of my hands. Paul said, I'm persuaded that nothing shall separate me from the love of God. As bad as it gets, but God will make a way in our lives. And the end result, if we hang on, if we stand and see the salvation of the Lord, <clears throat> he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So he says, I reckon the sufferings of this present time. He speaks of the world and this and the condition of the world. Look around, pick up a newspaper, go on a, me, on a media site, on the internet. Turn on your local news or the national news. You will see that the world is in turmoil. and You will not see a change in this until the Prince of Peace comes back to this earth. For in the last days shall be peerless times. He warned that many, even of the religious crowd, will give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. That men will come into the church house being wolves in sheep's clothing. Under the power of seduction, Matthew 24, take heed that no man deceive you. Take heed that no man, this first thing he said. Before he said anything else about the condition of the world, he said there's going to be a great deception. In the last days. That even the very elect be deceived if possible. Forms and fashions of deception. Always cloaked with half-truths. Always even, even mentioned in the name of God. <clears throat> Coming for the sake of religion. Offering a better way. An alternative. A way to circumvent the Bible. That is God's truth and God's word and still quick and powerful and will never ever pass away, the Bible declares. Heaven, this, heaven, this earth and this, heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will remain intact. Listen to me this morning. Men look for security every day in this world. They, they fight. They build up their portfolios. They uh, repair, uh, prepare for retirement and their old age or whatever it might be and, and put their eggs 
one basket, so to speak, in, in, in the ways of this world. And the ways of this world will fail. The Bible declares, have failed down through the age, 1929, the Great Depression, when men lost everything and men, and men killed themselves because they lost their riches. Where your heart is, where your treasure is. So he says, for I reckon the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory or the future. That there's going to be a transformation. That no longer will men live under the misery of a sin-sick world. Jesus said, behold, I make all things new. This is the hope of the Christian. Encourage one another, he says, with these thoughts. <clears throat> he warned us the pressure is going to get worse. But my grace is sufficient. And he says that the glory will be revealed in us because of who we serve. For this same Jesus, you see, transcending in like manner will descend. He was taken, he took his disciples on the Mount of Transfiguration and Elijah and Moses showed up and he was transfigured. His glory was shown. Yes, he was a man. He was all man, but he was all God. The glory, the Shekinah. So we're going to be changed. First Corinthians two nine says, "But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love Him." Let not your heart be troubled. For in my Father's house are many. Man, since it was not so, but I told you, I go to prepare you a place that where I am there, you may be also. And I will come again and gather you unto myself, and you shall be with me forever, the Bible declares. So the Christian has a future. That's why we can't afford to be rooted up. We can't afford to put our hands to the plow and look back, and the Bible says we're not worthy. Guard your heart, because out of your heart proceeds the issues of life. Every day, the old-time preachers say, take inventory. David took inventory when he said, search me, O Lord, and whatever you find in my heart, just stop pleasing unto you, remove it. My Lord, help us today. That in that day, when I stand before you, I will not be found wanting because my faith has been totally in you. We're not judged on our righteousness. We're judged by how we receive his righteousness. Yes, our works will be judged. The Bible declares that. The Bible declares we will give an account for every idle word we've ever spoken at the beam of seat. That's the time of getting your crowns. But what would happen to a man if he gained this whole world and lose his own soul? Many sit in the church house for years and years and years and never know who Jesus Christ is with a form and a fashion. He said, with your lips you worship me, but your heart is far from me. With the form of godliness that denies the power thereof. In 2 Corinthians 4.17, Paul wrote, for our light affliction. Now, Paul wrote our light affliction. If you read what Paul went through, it was far from light. But that's what he considered. He wasn't worried about the sufferings of this present life. He was looking far beyond this world. He had a vision, and the Bible says about a vision. A man will perish. 
Second Corinthians four seventeen for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, <laughs> worketh far for us a far more exceedingly an eternal weight of glory. Job said, I'll wait all the days of my life for my change from where I'm at. I know that my Redeemer lives, he says, in the last day he shall bring me out of the grave with resurrection power. This was Job before Christ. For Lazarus will, will, will be resurrected. I know he will be resurrected in the end days. You said, no, I'm the resurrection, I'm the life. So he says, we've got a light affliction. Not to be compared with what we're going to experience. A woman in labor experiences that pain. And when the baby's born, and there's joy. Hold on my child because joy comes in the morning. Verse 19 says, Romans 8, For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Or the earnest expectation of creation as a whole. At the fall, creation fell too. I've read commentaries, and, 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 and they say that probably in the garden, Adam, he was vegetarian. There was no such thing as being a carnivore. Lions probably walked and never hurt anybody and laid, laid down beside the, the lamb or, or, or the goat or whatever it might be. But, but at the fall, there become hostility and animosity in the world. Because all of a sudden, Second Corinthians 4, 4 says that Satan become the god of this world. Who's blinded the hearts and the minds of the people with the spirit of deception. But see, this is all going to end. God does things, and people don't like this term, in dispensations. A time and a period by which he dispenses his spirit and his power. We are living in the dispensation of grace provided by what Jesus done at the cross. For the earnest expectation of the creation where creation waits those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, the Bible says. Waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. And this pertains to resurrection. Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. See, this is hope. Call those things that are not as though they were. We look you see these things come to pass, look, look, look up because your redemption or your time of being redeemed. Now, we've been redeemed, but we're even waiting for a further redemption. Hmm. When the Bible says, as Jesus is, so shall we be. So he says, our conversation, our heart, our thinking is in heaven. You say, well, yeah, people running around, there's so heavenly mind, there's no, there's no earthly good. Well, listen, if you don't keep your mind on something other than this place, you're in trouble. If you have hope in this world and the powers to be in this world, then you've got a problem. And I've got a problem. We've all got a problem. But our hope is in heaven. It's in Jesus Christ where he is right now, sitting by the right hand of the Father. Our advocate, making intercession for me and for you today. 
we look for the Savior, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews 9.11 says, but Christ being come a high priest of good things to come by a greater and a more perfect perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building or this flesh and blood. For an instant, the Bible says, you shall be changed. We're looking for our change, as Job was. And there's nothing wrong with that. We can still function. Now, the Bible says, occupy in this world. Do what you need to do. You got to work. You got to do your thing. You got to go out there. You know, you got to be involved or whatever it might be. But you, our mind is on heavenly things. Set your affections on things above rather than on things below, the Bible says, where your heart is, where your treasure is. Because there's hope in Jesus Christ. There's hope in Jesus Christ. Verse 20 says, For the creature, the creation, was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. Adam's failure made the creation fall. Now, the creation itself didn't sin, but men sinned. See, Genesis said, says that God put Adam in charge. He kept the garden. All dominion and all power was given unto Adam. He named the animals. He was... He was to be a, 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 a viceroy over that garden, one that would, under God, of course, under God. But God loved me so much, he gave him dominion and power, and he threw that away. One moment of disobedience and one moment of rebellion, everything fell. And the sentence for sin was death. But through Jesus Christ's death, we are rectified and justified and rec reconciled back to God. That word vanity is means a disappointing misery. <laughs> Genesis 3, starting verse 17, And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and has eaten of the tree of which I command thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake, and sorrow shalt thou eat it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee. Thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return into the ground, for out of it was thou taken, thou art, and dust thou shalt return. That was God's plan that men never die. The day that Adam sinned, committed high treason, the Bible says Eve wasn't, uh, that Eve was deceived. Adam sinned because he gave in. But the plan of God was that they live forever in communication, reconciliation, communion with God. But now he says, dust you are, and dust you shall return. I made you out of dust, and dust you're going to return. In other words, we're going back to the earth. We're going to death, physical death. It's the wages of sin. In Psalms 39 and 5, Behold, thou hast made my days as a handbread. The, the psalmist David wrote, And my age is nothing before thee. Verily, every man at his best state 
<laughs> Listen, every man at his best state is altogether vanity. Solomon said, vanity, vanity, all is vanity or disappointing misery without God. Ecclesiastes 1-2, vanity of vanity, saith the preacher, vanity of vanity, all is vanity. Verse 21, Romans 8. Because the creature or the creation itself also shall be delivered, this is the future now, from the bondage of corruption. Wow. And the glorious liberty of the children of God. So we have a hope of total deliverance because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> From the bondage of corruption. This means that our appointment is to die. We are mortals. We get old. We die in this flesh. Christ, my Lord. The price of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He says, unto the glorious liberty of the children of God. Men fell, as I said before, creation fell. So when men are delivered and men are made uh, immortal, then the creation will also be revamped. Behold, I make all things new. There's coming a renovation. The Bible declares this world shall be purified with fire. The world in itself never be destroyed, but it certainly will be renovated. Heaven and earth shall stand. Peter, Peter stated in Acts, which was written by Luke, Acts 3.21, whom the heaven must receive, talking about Jesus Christ, until the times of restitution of all things, which God hath spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. He's pointing towards this, this final reconciliation, this final restitution when God Almighty, Jesus Christ himself, shall rule this earth forever. If he puts kings in, he brings kings down. He raises up nations and he brings nations down. If you lived any amount of time, you saw this in your lifetime, the rise and the fall of men and nations. All thinking they were going to be powerful. All thinking they were going to rule the world. Hmm. This is the the thrust of the flesh today. Is we're, we're, we're in control. We'll bring forth our own salvation. Nimrod said we don't need God. We'll build our own tower, make our own ways. We'll circumvent God. We'll go around God. But you can't do that. Every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Second Peter 3.13 says, Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Hmm. Revelation 21 and 1, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Isaiah 65.17, the prophet wrote, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered, my Lord, nor come into mind. But this world will be forgotten about in the ages to come. <laughs> and we'll look around and see the restitution of all things. That all things, I think about this today, will be made new. If you're a shouting Christian, it'll make you shout. 
for the future of the Christian is bright. I don't know what we're going to have to go through. I know some of you have already been through stuff, and we're going to go through more. But our future, our end is good. For I, He said, I want to give you an expected end in Jeremiah 29, 11. What the Bible says is expected. Verse 22, back to Romans 8. For we know that the whole creation groans and travails in pain together to now. The whole creation has been affected by Adam's fall and Satan's rebellion. And he says it groans and travails in pain together until now. Longing for a restitution. Why do you think there's so much weather activity? It's just, well, listen, not like it used to be. Phenomenons, weather phenomenon, volcanoes, earthquakes, storms, famine, fire, drought. Jesus said all these things that happen. Wars and rumors of wars. Chaos, 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 chaos. Chaos is the breeding ground and the platform for the Antichrist. Because men are looking for answers and they don't care who brings it. So this man's going to come saying he's Christ. And they're and they're going to be deceived by this. The Bible declares, "He'll come in peace. He'll come flamboyant, charismatic, sweet talking, with all the answers, and men will bow, and an image will be made and set in the temple." The Bible declares, and men will worship the image, and then they will take his mark. The very elect be deceived if possible. See. John and Peter both, I believe, said that the spirit of the Antichrist is here and operating right now as we speak. That which is against Christ, that which speaks against Christ, that which is a form of fashion, that which is a fraud, a mere image without the attributes of God, the opposite of God, yet claiming to be God. Jeremiah 12, 4, how long shall the land mourn? And the herbs of every field wither for the wickedness of them that dwell therein. The beasts are consumed and the birds because they said he shall not see our last end. Jeremiah 12, 11 says, they have made it desolate about the earth. And being desolate, it mourneth unto me. The whole land is made desolate because no man layeth it to heart. Now we see back in the Old Testament times, God declared a jubilee for the land, and they, they wouldn't do it. They said, I want to let the land rest for, for a time, and they wouldn't do it. So we look around, and everybody's crying, you know, this and that, and global warming, and blah, 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 blah. But it's because of man's attitude of destruction. That the earth in the shape it is today. But it's going to be revamped and renewed. It also is convulsing and groaning and travailing. As men convulse and groan and, 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 and travail for a change. 
Verse 23, and not only they, but ourselves also, not only the creation, but ourselves, which, which had the first fruits of the Spirit. First fruits of the Spirit's resurrection. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. Jesus went to the cross. He addressed the complete demise of men and creation. In him there is restitution of all things. That's why we ourselves, we groan for what someday will be fully realized, the total redemption We've been saved by grace. We are born again. We are renewed by the Spirit. But there's coming even a better glory, Paul saying, that's going to get better, that death will no longer have power over men because of the blood of Jesus Christ. We are going to be made new, waiting for the adoption or waiting for the, 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 the fulfillment of the Word of God and what he's going to do. To wit, the redemption of our body or the glorification of our body, which is coming. These are good things today. These, these, are, these, these are things to, 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 to trust and stand on. It's the Word of God. And it shall be brought to pass. Every, <coughs> excuse me, every T will be crossed. Every eye will be dotted. Philippians 3.21 says, Who shall change our vile body? That it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. 1 Corinthians 15, beginning for verse 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be, shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed for this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality so when this corruptible shall put on incorruption and this mortal shall put on immorality immortality then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written death is swallowed up in victory O death where is thy sting O grave where is thy victory listen the sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. We've talked about that. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that, you lab that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Hmm. God's not mocked. Whatever a man sows, so shall he all sow. Second Corinthians five two says, "For this we groan earnestly, <clears throat> pardon me, desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven." Second Corinthians one twenty two, "Who hath also sealed us and given us the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts? We are sealed by the Holy Ghost." Verse twenty four, Romans eight, "For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope." For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? Saved by hope. It means that there's more things to come. 
I just read to you, eyes not seen, ears not heard what God has prepared for those that believe Him and trust Him. So we are looking for a better land. Abraham's looking for a city. His nomadic state, he was looking for a city whose builder and maker was God, whose foundation is God. John 6, 27 says, Labor not for meat that perishes, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Wow. The plan of redemption from the foundation of the world. Jesus Christ was crucified. First Corinthians 2, 9 says, But it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. John 14, 1 through 3, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, therefore not so. I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Hebrews chapter 6, beginning verse 18, That by two immutable or unchangeable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope that is set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. Romans 8, verse 25. But if we hope for that we see not, then we then do we have with patience, wait for it. Patience, wait upon the Lord. First Thessalonians one three says, "Remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father." Verse twenty six, Romans eight. Likewise, the Spirit. We've been talking about life in the Spirit. The Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray, for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. What a wonderful thing this is. Likewise, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, helps our infirmities. Now, infirmities is physical, moral, mental, anything that troubles you. Anything that has become a weapon against you. And the Bible said these things will not prosper if we are in Christ. The Bible says the Spirit makes intercession. Who sits by the right hand of God? Jesus Christ. Who is our intercessor? The Bible says because of the blood of Jesus, because the veil is ripped from top to bottom, we can go boldly before the throne of God with our petitions. And, and the Word of God says that Jesus Christ will intercede on our behalf to the Father with groanings that cannot be uttered over that which cannot be put into words. In other words, the words, we, we, we don't know how to pray. The Bible says when you don't know how, pray in the Spirit. And the Spirit maketh intercession. How important the ministry of intercession is. Abraham interceded. Noah interceded. Job interceded for his family. Intercession. Verse 27, and he, which is the Holy Ghost, <clears throat> that searcheth the hearts 
knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Jesus Christ makes intercession. But I said infirmities are, are physical or mental or moral weaknesses. Matthew 8, 17 says that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah, the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Groanings is unutterable gushings of the heart. Ephesians 6.18 says, Paul wrote, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And he that searcheth the hearts, says God the Father, through the Holy Spirit, knows what is the mind of the Spirit or the true will of God because the, he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God, which we become obedient to is the will of God. You'll see where well, there's a permissible will and there's a perfect will. Huh? <laughs> the perfect will is where you prosper. The perfect will is where you stand in rightness with God. Anything else other than the will of God, I would say it's rebellion. It's rebellion, spirit of witchcraft. Okay, First Corinthians 2.10. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit, for the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Psalms 139, verse 1, it says, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsetting, my uprising. Thou understandest my thought far off. Thou compasseth my path and my lying down are acquainted with all my ways for there is not a word in my tongue but lo O lord thou knowest it altogether thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thy hand upon me now verse verse where are we at 28 romans 8 for we know famous scripture that all things work together for good to them that love god to them who are called according to his purpose. We must be called to his purpose. That That is the foundation. To them that are called according to his purpose, this means that his purpose must override our purpose. If not, then things will not work to good. Succumbing to the perfect will of God. Being formed and fashioned, potter forms and fashions a piece of clay. All things work to good together for good to them that love God. Got to love God. And we got to be called according to his purpose. There's always ifs and conditions. People don't like to hear that the promises of God are conditional. But he said, if you, if, if you do this, I will do this. He said, I'll, I'll, he said I will come unto you if, you'll, if, if you open your heart and your mind and your soul. We can't be blessed with rejecting God. We can't be blessed even with walking in our own will, in our own ways. Well, God's merciful. He's kind. But he's always trying to draw us back to him in, in, into his perfect will, which is the best place to be, is in the perfect will of God. 
And this has to be sought out by the individual. The Bible says, search out your own salvation with trembling and with fear. Ephesians 3, being in verse 8, unto me, whom am less than the least of all saints, is this grace. This is Paul speaking. That I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Verse 9. And to make all men see was the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in the heavenly places might be, be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ our Lord. So Christ is our purpose. Verse 12, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by our faith in him. Verse 29, Romans 8. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among for whom he or God did foreknow, or God's foreknowledge. He knows the beginning from the ending. He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. Or he said, I would that none would perish. Now, the plan of God was predestinated. The person isn't. From the foundation of the world, Jesus was crucified. But men make choices. They're free moral agents. Choose you this day whom you will serve. That Jesus might be the firstborn among many brethren, or the first fruits of death. Jesus was never ever born again. He had no need to be born again. He was God. He never sinned. He told Nicodemus, You must be born again, born from above. He come from above. He's the source. That word foreknow is to know beforehand, and God knew. Omniscient, omnipresent. He knows all things, and he exists everywhere. First Peter 1, begin verse 18, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation, received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, is how we're redeemed, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Acts 2, beginning verse 22. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God. This is Peter speaking. Among you by miracles and wonders, <coughs> excuse me, and signs which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, foreknowledge of God, you have taken by wicked hands and have crucified and slain. First Corinthians 2, 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto, unto our glory. <coughs> Excuse me. Verse 30. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified, which is future. Conformed to the image of an almighty God. And to those that respond to this, 
Bible says they have the power to become the sons of God. God knew us from the beginning. He told the problem before it was in your mother's womb. I knew you. Nothing takes God by surprise. But men make choices. We choose every day. I set before you life, and I set before you death, the Lord spoke. And I would that you would choose life. Second Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish. He was not willing that any should perish. Any, 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 any. But that all should come to repentance. Verse 31, Romans 8. What shall we then say to these things? God before us, who can be against us? If God before us, who can be against us? Psalms 118.6 says, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do to me. Romans 8.32. He spared not his own son, but delivered him for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things. All things are in Christ, who spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. The death of the cross. Second Peter 1, verse 2, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ our Lord, according to his divine power, listen, has given unto us all Things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that have called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises, <clears throat> that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust, and beside these giving all diligence to add to your virtue and to virtue knowledge. And to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity, or love, which is the greatest the Bible declares. Verse 33, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect, or God's saved? It is God that justifies. It's God that justifies the rules of God according to his justification. Romans 5, 1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 34, Romans 8. Whom is he that commendeth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God? who also maketh intercession for us. Can man condemn God's plan, his perfect plan of justification and salvation? It's Christ who died, and he is risen again. The perfect sacrifice, behold the Lamb of God, who sits at the right hand of God right now, who's exalted the King of kings and Lord of lords, who now, right now, as I speak, makes intercession. His, his sacrifice has been accepted, giving him the right to save men, to sanctify men, to justify men. Romans chapter 5, 
verses 6 through 8. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet preadventure for a good man, some should ever dare to die. But God commended his love towards us, that in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Verse 35, Romans 8. Who shall separate me and you from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? He experienced all these things. What will separate us? He had a made-up mind that nothing will separate. So if we are in Christ, then the outside influences and the powers to be, so to speak. We realize in our heart of hearts that they are just passing, that they are temporal. There's only one eternal, and that's Jesus Christ, the eternal Lord, the eternal Father. We are living under the eternal, everlasting covenant provided by his death, his burial, and his resurrection, and his ascension. Second Corinthians 4, verse 8, we are troubled on every side yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Romans 36, Romans 8, 36, for it is written, for thy sake we are all killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. In this world, you will have tribulation. This shows the opposition of the world towards Christ. There's much opposition towards God's plan. In other words, <clears throat> there are those that seek Christians' lives. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Our brothers and sisters right now in foreign lands are giving their lives for the cause of Christ. He promises persecution. He promises tribulation. But he never promises wrath. For the Bible says we shall be delivered from the wrath to come. The wrath comes from God. Persecution, tribulation comes from entities and powers and principalities that operate under the guides and guidelines of structured entities. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but powers and principalities, wickedness in high places. Okay. Verse 37. Nay, all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. How are we conquerors? Through Jesus Christ. It's a confidence that we have that we're going to win. He said, I want to give you an expected end. And what he did and his sacrifice makes me and you conquerors. We talked yesterday, makes us heirs and joint heirs. John sixteen thirty three. these things I've spoken unto you that, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Isaiah 54 and 17 says, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. No weapon formed against God's people will prosper. If our faith is in him, we are justified 
by the finished work of Jesus, not in our, our righteousness, because it's filthy rags, but in his righteousness, which did split the veil from top to bottom, giving me a new access into the Holy of Holies to bring our petitions. The Bible says you, we can go boldly before the throne of God. Verse 38, for I am persuaded that neither death, it's all these things he faced, nor life, <clears throat> nor angels, nor principalities, nor power, nor things present, nor things to come. He said, I am persuaded. Verse 39, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. All these are made possible by the finished work of Jesus Christ. His complete, pure, and righteous sacrifice. He said, nothing shall separate me from the love of God. Do, you, do, do, do we have that made up mind today? You hear what he says? He said, death not going to beat me. Or even life, living life not going to beat me. Nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. This covers everything, the whole gamut. Nor height, nor depth, or any other creature shall be able to separate us from love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And you know, in your heart of hearts, that things try to pry you away from God and pry you out of the hand of God. But Paul said, I'm persuaded because I've got faith in Jesus Christ and what he did, that these things will not happen, that I will finish the course that I will keep the faith and I will see the end result of my salvation and my faith in Jesus Christ. Get your focus off men. Even get your focus off churches and preachers and denominations and men's doctrines and men's bylaws. Focus on the laws of God. Get away from that which is written of men and look at that which is written of God. For the scriptures were given totally by inspiration of the Holy Ghost. 2 Timothy 3.16 For our good. To admonish us. To equip us, the Bible says. We can't afford God help us today to have our faith fail now. We're that close to the finish line. <clears throat> the world's not getting any better. Men are waxing worse and worse. Creation is groaning, looking for the change. It's an hour and a day that we need to keep our eyes upon Jesus Christ and our eyes upon the prize. <clears throat> And there are so many things out there to draw us and pry us away from him. Paul said, I'm persuaded that nothing shall separate me. Paul wrote in Romans 10, verse 9, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto, unto, unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Well, the scriptures say, of whosoever believe on him shall not be ashamed. Verse 13 says, for whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. He's touched with our infirmities. 
our need of salvation, our moral dilemma, our physical dilemma, our mental dilemma, our battles, our situations, our circumstances. He's touched and has made a way, and he saves us from these things. He saves us from ourselves through his precious blood. And we just talked today about the eternal glory that's coming to those that believe upon the name of Jesus Christ. If you need salvation today, call on the name of the Lord. I just read to you what Paul said. Confess with your mouth that the Lord Jesus was raised from the dead and you shall believe. Believe this with your heart. For with the heart man believes under righteousness. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And whosoever shall call on his name. He's touched with our infirmity. He'll come. He'll save you today. I'm not saying things, you're going to see lightning bolts and things are going to change overnight. But there will be a change for all things are made new. The old man dies and the new man takes his place in Christ Jesus. He's the hope, the hope, the hope of glory. And the hope of a lost and a dying world. Seek him while he may be found. Seek you shall find, knock, and it shall be open. He'll save you. He'll deliver you. He'll heal you. He'll help you in the days to come. He'll be your strength. He'll be your incoming and your outgoing and a present help in the time of trouble, because he said he would. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word today. And Lord, we know it won't come back void, but somebody today will be touched by this, Father. Be with that one today that's struggling. Be with that one today that's at rope's end that, that has no idea what to do. But we know the enemy corners people, and you declared in your word he's a liar and a murderer from the beginning. And he's certainly not for our good. His goal is the destruction of, of God's prized creation, which is men. You said we were made a little lower than the angels, but you loved us so much that you gave your only begotten son. Whosoever should believe in him will not perish of everlasting life. Strengthen your people today, Lord. Help those today with infirmities, addictions, bondages, strongholds, God. Break these things, we ask you in Jesus' name. As you come to set the captive free, what you said in your word. For this reason was you manifested that you might destroy the works of the devil. And the one who had power of death, which is the devil. Let your light shine in people's lives today. In Jesus' holy and righteous name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless until next time. This has been Truth in the Word with Pastor Jim Newsom on Christian Survival Radio. Our email address is truthintheword777 at gmail.com. May God bless each and every one of you. Keep looking up for Jesus is coming soon.